Good evening, Island Church. It's May the 18th. We welcome you to our teaching, continuing to teach on sanctification. So thank uh, so thankful that you checked in with us tonight, and all you that are watching us from all over, we thank God for you also. Uh, back to our, what I call jumping off scripture, the one that we've been using as kind of a, uh, a reference now, for this teaching on sanctification there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Uh, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Uh, there in the Amplified, it says like this. Let me find it. But it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself in our righteousness, thus making us upright, putting us in right standing with God, and our consecration, providing pure and holy, or making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom from the eternal penalty for sin. So many times that's, that's the only thing people think about. They get saved, they think, well, I'm free from the eternal penalty of sin. Uh, if I die, uh, I get to go to heaven. I don't have to go to hell. Well, that's true, and that is the most important. But in reality, all of these all of these different works, these different traits, these, these different uh, impartations of God into our spirit, man, are things that are active. They're not just ink on the paper that we look at, kind of scratch our head and say, hmm, I wonder what that means. No, it is something that has been deposited for us in Christ. It is revealed by the Word of God, and it's carried out, it carries out its function by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Redemption, righteousness, wisdom, sanctification, all of these things ought to be active, active operations of the Spirit. Let me say that again. Active operations of the Spirit in our lives. I was thinking about and meditating on what a work of sanctification God did in the nation of Israel. We know that God began with a man named Abraham. Abraham had a son who had a son. Out of that son came 12 sons. Those sons made a journey from, from, from there where they lived in Cana and came into Egypt. Egypt's always been a type of the world. In Egypt, they flourished. They grew until 400, almost 430 years until God said, it's time for me to deliver my people from Egypt and bring them into the land that I have preserved for them, a land that flows with milk and honey. Well, that begin, we know, by God raising up the ministry of Moses, Aaron, all that that entailed, uh, the judgment of the ten demon gods of, of Egypt by all of the plagues that took place, and then that final uh, placing of the blood on the, uh, on the uh, doorpost and the death angel passing over, and all those without the blood, that death angel affected their family and their life. Then God brought uh, uh, Egypt, uh, excuse me, brought Israel out of Egypt with a great deliverance, brought them out with their wealth, brought them out with everything that, uh, that Egypt had, and I'm telling you, Egypt pursued Israel. Now listen, it's the same thing that's true with our lives. Egypt, a type of the world, we were all living in the world, all sinful. God, through redemption, brings us out. What a glorious thing that is. We've come out, but you've got to understand, the world is still going to chase you. 
still going to come after you. There's going to be temptations. We're going to pick that up tomorrow night about how to, how to uh, resist the temptations that would try to cancel or nullify your sanctification. But here comes, here comes Israel. They come out. We know that they're in the wilderness. Uh, they came to Mount Sinai. God gave the, the, the commandments unto Moses. And for the most part, they were rejected. And what did, what did Israel want to do? They wanted to go back to Egypt. Why did they want to go back to Egypt? Because for generations, they had been conditioned with slave mentality. They were a slave to the Egyptians. They looked like the Egyptians. They smelled like the Egyptians. You know, even, the, even many of the practices that Israel practiced came out of Egypt. You know, Jesus, after he died, they took him and wrapped his body. That came out of Egypt. How to preserve the body in death like that. That came out of Egypt. So uh, Israel came out of Egypt with a mighty deliverance. But what God wanted to do in the wilderness was a work of sanctification. When they came up to that mountain, you can go read it over there in the book of Exodus. God told to Moses, he said, have the people sanctify themselves. I mean, you know, that was under a, uh, under a law that God was fixing to give them. He said, listen, have them wash their clothes, have them get away, get, get away from the unclean thing. He wouldn't even let married couples have relationships. He wanted them sanctified so they could come to the mount and receive the law for themselves. They rejected it. They told Moses, you go up there. I mean, and after he was gone for a while, they said, well, we don't know what happened to this guy. Make us something we can worship. They made that golden calf. All that stuff took place. And that entire generation, listen, that entire generation missed out on exactly what God wanted them to do. A land that flowed with milk and honey. All that blessing that that entailed for them and their families. They missed it because they would not be sanctified from Egypt. Listen, many Christians are the same way. Uh, the, the desire for that world, that world system. Go back to the alcohol. Go back to the drugs. Go back to the party. Go back to the lifestyle. Look at all the fun we're missing. Oh, if I could just, you know, the pressure is so strong right now. Uh, the, all that's going on in the world, it's, it's so strenuous. If I could just, you know, if I could just maybe take a little trip to Colorado, smoke a little weed, I'd be okay. Listen, that's crazy. Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart. Don't go back to the sins of your world, of the world and the flesh. Live that sanctified life. Sanctification will work for you now better than it ever has. You say, what do you mean by that? You begin to press into the Word like you never have. Pray like you never have. Come to church. Come to prayer. Do those things. I guarantee you the peace of God that no weed can produce, no prescription can produce, no alcohol can produce, no, no act with another person can produce. Only God can produce. That peace that passes all understanding will enter into your life. And I guarantee you, you'll be thankful that you're living sanctified. That sanctified life will help you set, will help set you apart. It will literally help you to see clearly what is going on in this day and hour. Listen, so much is being said, so much is being, so much is happening. Listen, I dare not get up. And share with people what the Lord has showed me. Uh, what I've seen by the Spirit. Uh, things that I see that are coming upon the earth. Listen, one of the things that was in Cornelius' life. The Bible said he feared God uh, with all of his house. Listen, there was a reason back in that day and hour to fear God. God was seen as a mighty God. As a, as a miraculous God. Uh, Jesus had been raised from the dead. Listen, the disciples and those that, uh, that live for God live for God with a passion. Uh, I mean, uh, even in the days after uh, Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, when Rome so persecuted Christians in Nero's, uh, in Nero's time, the Christians were so sanctified that they would not denounce Jesus. And as they took them and gathered them in big groups of 50 and put big piles of wood in the middle and lit them on fire, they sang and worshipped and gave praise to God. 
That caused Nero to go crazy. Look how sanctified. They were sanctified unto death. There's been many martyrs since then that have lived a life of sanctification, righteousness and holiness. And it has cost them their life. Now listen, I'm not saying that it's going to cost your life. What I'm saying is, it's going to give you your life. You say, Pastor, I've been listening to your teaching and preaching and you're trying to, uh, it seems like there's a, there's a, a, you're kind of going in a direction where you're trying to make us be afraid not to read the Bible, make us be afraid not to come to church, afraid not to pray. Absolutely. I want the fear of God in you so strong that you're afraid not to read the Bible, afraid not to, not to pray or come to church. Listen, and it's not an ungodly fear where you're like you're afraid of something. It's this reverential awe of God that He has chosen you. He has included you to come out from among them, to be ye separate, to not touch unclean things, to live a holy, righteous life sanctified life, not by the strength of your willpower, but by the power of this word and by the power of the Holy Ghost. We live in an awesome day. It is a day that is producing tremendous fear in this world and world system. Listen, things are crumbling around us, but the good news is we have a God that loves us, a God that has imparted into us his own very life and spirit. And by that life and spirit, we can live that sanctified life Come out from among them. And I guarantee you, as the days go by, there's going to be a clearer and clearer, clearer view of who God really is by the lives of those living a sanctified life. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Jesus loves you. We'll see you soon. Oh, my.